0: All right, let's try to go out in style today. How do we do that? Just follow my lead. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like normal. <laughs> Pretty much. It's Blair and Barker, <laughs> the uh, final uh, show for uh, 2023. Well, I mean the final scheduled show. I mean, you know, when the Jays show, Hey Otani, we'll probably be on to uh, to do to do a couple of shows. Uh, did I just happens.
1: hear you tell somebody that he's going to make a visit here? I
0: think I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. What? Wait, wait. The, okay, yeah. They're oh, yeah. gonna they're gonna bring Shohei Ohtani up and reason? take him to a Raptors game and For do what? the whole do the whole shebang. <laughs> Try to sign him. You think I'm kidding?
1: I do. You think I'm kidding? I really do.
0: You don't. You I am kidding. chance. Okay.
1: If you're Ohtani,
0: why would you? I'm just saying. Why I, would you? What? Why Why would you come like up I, and, yeah. Come up and visit and talk uh, to folks? I'm, I'm not t- saying that that means he's gonna. But I'm saying that there's a chance. Yeah, I think there's a chance they bring Shohei Otani up here. And, and Yeah, I think there's a better chance of
1: and whoever he needs to FaceTime <laughs> have him court-side at from a Raptors wherever game. he's
0: living. Have him courtside at say, a Raptors game. Yeah, Maybe go, Drake can go. go up and talk to him. <laughs> That's all it'd take. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. Hey, you laugh. Could They've done it before. All the they can get. I'm just saying. Anyhow, when Shohei Ohtani is in town, <laughs> we will probably at, at um, some point will we'll be. We'll try to get him on the show. Well, yeah, so I, <laughs> I reached out to his agent. His agent, what did he say? I, he wants money. Yeah, so absolutely. But uh, anyhow, happens. no, we, when anytime anything, uh, this is the last show, uh, and uh, until I guess mid February or around spring training. And uh, we will be on with emergency podcasts and doing podcasts once a week after we take a little bit of time off to
2: to recharge. Yeah, I need our some batteries. time away
1: from you. It's, it's it's that's like don't look at me like that. Huh? I mean, it's true. Like occasionally, you know, you just got to walk away. Like it's, and I think we're at the point. Like we we've yelled at each other enough this season. I'm not. And, I'm and, not at the point. And, and I've looked at you weirdly enough that I need some time away to yeah, you know to. I mean, you know me, I'm to reboot, to, to trust the process. <laughs> the process. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm going to go home and iron my
1: khakis and yeah. get those cargo yeah, shirts oh, ready for spring yeah, maybe training. I need and... to, yeah. I do need some lessons on, you know, how to, how to t- treat the khakis a little bit better. I and, think that's. You think so? I need to come back next year and, and I think be we better need... at that. Yeah.
0: I think we need to do uh maybe what we'll do early in the year is we'll do a new year's resolution podcast. How about that? And we'll talk about our New Year's resolutions. And your number one will be to treat the khakis in in a much more professional uh, manner than you have in the past. You think they learned anything by watching Bruce Bochy manage? I I mean, the the guy that their general manager is not King Khaki, but Chris Young is is, is comfortable in that world.
1: But I know you've listened. When he's spoken about that he has actually said we're giving the information but we're not can we're i tell, not, tell you something no, but no way we're getting in the way that that's i think is the difference can, and you have a manager who's been around long enough to go okay i at least I? hear it and i'm going to try and go out and apply what i see
0: yeah. added with what you're the I'm information you give me i'm going to say this i don't know anymore Which team slash GM slash manager is khaki friendly? Is khakified. <laughs> I, I don't know anymore. I I just don't yeah, know anymore. Tough. I think that about seventy percent of the stuff spewed by both sides is BS. I just don't. I I I don't know. I don't know how much influence having decisions. I I don't know. It, it's all. It's very confusing. And um. You know, start with the local team here. I mean, I still don't know what the hell happened. If you know, Shy David will join us at eleven thirty. I'm just gonna ask Shy, why why has nobody spoken to John Schneider? I mean, the general manager invited I mean, me to go over to John Schneider's place for breakfast. I haven't heard anything. If you were John, would you do that? I'd it, well, it, you would?
1: No, you wouldn't. Don't lie. If after, I mean if I was John just, Schneider. After you just you're you're still uh, in the shower trying to trying to scrub off the oh, the, stop the tire it. marks <laughs> from your GM. You stop. think you're gonna come out and speak?
0: Not a chance. Yeah, no. I, I th- mean I just, think I that's th- just being smart. Don't you think Don't you think John has to? <laughs> not right now. You would at the general manager's meeting's oh, well, coming I mean, you up. Know he's going going you, well,
1: you know who he's gonna to talk to.
0: It's not gonna be me or you. Yeah, I'm just saying. She she she's the sideline reporter for the Blue Jays. The offer's been there. But um, by who, who? Who's who's given the offer? Well, my understanding <laughs> is the message was conveyed to John yeah. Schneider that he could come on anytime. Oh, sure, but uh, no go so far. Yeah. So honestly, I, I I don't know who I, I don't. I know there are people out there who are going to say that uh, Bruce Bochy winning it's a victory for old school baseball over khakis i i just don't know i look everything is everything's a mix of everything else there is a happy uh, medium uh, and uh, i would just say this it's very hard watching
1: the playoffs not just the world series and actually point your finger to a situation and you went wow they must have thought that through before it actually happened when it when but you either walked out there or didn't make a move, or that—that that I think is what people that actually watch baseball and watch how I don't know. Sometimes it looks like it's supposed to be what that I that f- when the last couple of years the two managers that have won World Series. And I've said this, get the heck out of the way. And occasionally, That's, that I is will, the hardest thing I to do. I will agree
0: with you on that. And those I will two agree with the last
1: couple that. years have been better
0: at that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, for me agree anyway, with that.
1: it's refreshing.
0: They know an end, and I'll also say this. is
1: the reason why you're there. I
0: think Rob Thompson also knows when to get out of the way.
1: He's got some superstars. sprinkle
0: around that. He's got um, the two-headed monster. and but yeah. One of the things that I find really kind of intriguing about this is, you know, every... Every World Series brings with it kind of uh, a talking point that's sort of memorable in in an odd baseball sort of way. And I think back to the Texas Rangers and their approach against the Houston Astros and the whole idea of swinging like the ball, swinging like there's three balls between where the ball is and where you want it to be to handle Mm -hmm. a high pitch, which sounds very impossible.
3: No, it sounds
0: <laughs> no, no you know, no, no, you know said. what it does? No, it sounds uh, it sounds old schoolish. It sounds like uh, pretend, like you say, it sounds like pretend that there's a home plate in front of home plate. What I'm saying yeah. is it's something, <clears throat> you right? is what, something you can visualize. right? Something you can visualize. Think of I, it as being three balls higher than it is. That's awfully hard to do. But I can
1: understand that. This is what I think. I think an organization said, if we're going to have a chance of of beating this team and moving forward and have a chance of winning a World Series, we have to figure out how to at least hit some of those hard. How? It's a conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, in the organization, one through nine, the lineup, the hitting coaches, you know, I'm sure the manager's thrown his two cents in there, so – yeah, I think that for me is you have to have the conversation first and you got to figure out if that's, you know, sometimes you can talk yourself into things. And, I and you know, not everybody can do that, right? It's it's like the, you know, when you talk to hitters and you go up and you say, well, why don't you sit fastball? Well, what if I can't hit a fastball? So I can't be just like everybody else, right? So, you know, some people are going to say you're, you're swinging at t- two or three balls above that. <clears throat> it's... <clears throat> It's very hard to actually think about that as a player, and then actually go out and execute that. When basically trying to hit that ball hard is timing. How do I time that up enough with however my bat path is to allow me to actually hit the sweet spot of the barrel? So yeah, I like that's what I like. I like that the conversations I actually had, and and players are actually going, well, you know, I saw that dude do it. Maybe I'll try it. Because I have
0: to. So what you're saying is there is still, even though baseball is, a, is an, it's a team game played by individuals, and individuals' pay is determined not necessarily by how well the team does, but how well they do, that still you can still have a team-wide approach to Absolutely. something.
1: Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. you think if somebody would have told Matt Chapman that halfway through the season about the elevated fastball? I don't know. know Might have changed the season. I don't that's know. A, that's a great question, right? That wh- why, if some other team is is buying into thinking hands above three balls above the elevated fastball, I mean, uh, you could you could name numerous yeah. offensive players for the Blue Jays consistently all year that struggled from about the end of April all the way to the end of the season on the elevated fastball. Why hadn't that conversation been added? You know, this gets back to you know maybe just the talent that we thought was there. Consistently, maybe, maybe yeah, wasn't I, there. I just think Matt, I just think
0: was. Matt Chapman is what Matt Chapman is as a hitter. I don't think that's ever gonna change. You know, he had that great month and then just stopped. And I'm not Matt Chapman's final numbers. If you'd said at the start of the year that there was a chance that he would have those final numbers, never mind what he did in April, just coming out of spring training. I am looking at Matt Chapman's numbers right now from this year. And he finished the year with a uh, mm. 240 batting average. Yeah, yeah, keep you going, know, keep you, going. You keep just going. hang on, hang on, hang on. You know what his career average is? 240. Tom. 240. Okay. 240. Okay. He had 17 home runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's averaged 29 home runs over the course of his career. Yeah. He had 54 RBI, he had 80 RBI. But what I'm saying mm. is, but, but, or he's mm. averaged 80 RBI. But what I'm saying is that batting average, that's that's kind of Matt Chapman. Yeah, I don't care about the, Do you care? I mean, I, about batting average, guys that hit on the corners, I care about run producing. Like yeah, that's, I mean, that I'm saying change. I, but, what, but what I'm saying is that was Matt Chapman. Had, that was a Matt Chapman year. I don't know if he'd be capable of making a change, making an adjustment. I, I just don't know. He hasn't made it at any point. Well, it
1: would be interesting to see how the agent sells that to whoever wants to write
0: a big, giant yeah. check for him. Because it's an issue, right? The elevator, he's an easier out. Well, speaking of agent selling, um, our friend uh, Jeff Passan joins us. He is uh, ESPN's MLB insider and very kindly tweeted out a, what we call in the industry, a sizzle reel. Uh-oh. For Josh Hader, Mr. Passan, how are you, sir? So the, the, the free agent selling period, I guess, is, has begun. Uh, I know we all eagerly await Scott Boris's book, the book according to Scott that is going to tell us, why we absolutely need to re sign Matt Chapman, and it'll be the worst decision in the history of the franchise if we don't. Um, how you doing, hey. my friend?
2: I'm home. So, uh, oh, well, you're good. Great. Congratulations. You're good. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, on, here's the thing we don't root for teams. Like, I, I hope that people understand we don't root for teams, but we sure root for ourselves. And the oh, yeah. Texas Rangers winning was, was a godsend to me because I was, I was going to, you know, I was going to have to go back down to Texas and then I was going to have to fly back to Phoenix for the, for the GM meetings this week. And by the end of that, I was going to have been uh, between October 7th and November 9th home for a total of 14 hours. So the fact that I got to see my wife and kids and dog, uh, life is good.
0: Yeah, people don't realize that mm-hmm. the sports writer's favorite team is whoever wins the first game of the World Series. It just is. <laughs> right. I hate to say it. It's that that that's exactly yeah, this, what it is. is.
2: Like if we're if we're just being brutally honest here, whoever wins game one, like, and and here's the thing: if if it's a really bad postseason and there have been short series beforehand, and I've gotten some time at home, then yeah, you know, I don't mind it going seven games at that point, but when you're coming off a couple of LCSs that have been seven games, um, the the quick series, uh, it it was not the worst thing for me, selfishly, personally.
0: So tell me this. What what overarching lesson, Hmm. takeaway do we have from the World Series? My friend, Mr. Barker, finds it's interesting that Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker have won the last two World Series, two managers who, I, I, I think, Barker kind of put this the right way. They know, regardless of your view of analytical balance or anything like that, it seems as if they're both real good at knowing when to get out of the way. Um, is is that is that you know is that too simplistic sort of to uh, an approach to to read into this World Series that it was uh, another old school manager who knows when to get out of the way and and
2: let his team yeah, play? I, I think. You know, I think that the old school manager who ended up winning this year just had a much better team. Like that—that's yeah, Corey Seager.
0: (laughs) The old school manager had
2: had the new age Reggie Jackson, or basically. I I mean, seriously. um, You know what I took away from it? Um, There was one error in the entirety of the World Series, and I just appreciate clean baseball so much. And you
0: mentioned that both uh, teams going into the World Series had been really good.
2: Yep, and, and it proved out on the field. And, I, I mean, anyone who watched those games and knows baseball had to be just in love with the defense. After the first three games, the story didn't end up running. It was going to yeah. run if it was 2-2, but uh, when the Rangers won game four, the uh, story just got banged. Um, but I, I went back and looked at every ball in play in games one through three. And wrote down like good plays, and there were like eight good defensive plays a game, and like two or three spectacular ones. I mean, it, you know, a guy like Josh Young, um, I'm not gonna say he's Nolan Arenado because he's not, but. Josh Young, when he was drafted out of Texas Tech, was seen as a bat-only guy who inevitably was going to move to first base. And I appreciate the fact that he has turned himself into an excellent third baseman. He was spectacular. You know, he he doesn't have, like, the, you know, Ellie DeLaCruz arm from over there. But uh, he's got enough arm, and uh, whether it is going backward, going – to his left, going to his right, or coming in, he goes in all four directions really well. Does the bare hand play pick off the ground incredibly well? Like, he was a lot of fun to watch. So I, I think my takeaway from that World Series is uh, you know, defense can actually get you a long way. And, and the defense that is being played in Major League Baseball right now is about as good as we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and Josh Young can run the bases too, which is a big deal. The base running in the playoffs was atrocious. Like When Josh Young took – he came home on the little wild pitch there. You know, he's not a fast runner, but, you know, getting the right – That
2: was a great uh, rebound.
1: Absolutely. absolutely, Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do, right? You just got to – everything's got to be right. Expectation of a bad throw is a big deal with two outs, and I kind of like watching that because that's how I stayed in the big leagues. uh, A little while longer – At the end of my career. Anyway, uh, with who was in the World Series, in the offseason, do you think Major League Baseball needs to sit down and think about the playoff format? Time off, uh, longer DS. I'm not saying they're trying to soft serve the best teams to get them to where they need Uh to be, but... Not a ton of people watch the World Series. Yeah, we I'm should not mention, by the
0: way, ESPN's uh, uh, website um, has an article up there. Just, just for you know, historical, just for accuracy, it was the least watched uh, World Series in TV history. Uh, it did win uh, on a nightly basis. It was the highest rated show, with the exception of the Monday Night Football game, but uh, it was yep. the lowest rated World Series. Um, even. Hey, um, yeah pass and hearing
1: that you think major league baseball cares and they will change something
2: do they care? yes, should they care eh. will they change something no, no. Um, I mean that's a collective it's a collectively bargained thing you know mm-hmm. like playoff format is well within the purview not just of MLB but of the players association as well and remember the players association had a different perspective on. Uh, on what the playoff format should be, they wanted to do something like Korea. Are, are you guys familiar with uh, the the early rounds in Korea? Uh,
0: it's what is it? Thread? It, it, can, yeah, give me give me the details on it. I vaguely remember essentially,
2: this. Essentially, the essentially the higher seed right um, has to win fewer games. That's right. Okay, like it. You know, it's it's a ghost win, a game in hand, however you want to call it. But um, uh, essentially, you are penalized for being a worse regular season team. And I, you know, Kevin, I don't think that the the way that the playoff format goes right now is entirely objectionable. Um, I think it's one of those years where it's baseball. Like I, it's, it's such a, it's such a bad explanation. And I feel yeah. like I'm copping out every time I do it, uh-huh. but it's just true mm-hmm. because Here's the, qu- here's the question that I will ask each of you, the fake general manager for a first-place team. Would you rather have five days off, mm. or would you rather go and play a team in a three-game or even a five-game series uh, in that early round? I think every team... Would take five days off mm-hmm. I, I just think they would you reset your rotation mm-hmm. you uh, you get some rest, you heal up injuries but, you know it's been a really long season and and you don't have the vagaries of the sport potentially knocking you out, yep. so while I get your point yeah. um, i i you know i I prefer not to look at this as a dissatisfactory outcome for baseball because people didn't watch. I think people didn't watch because they don't know a whole lot about the Texas Rangers or Arizona Diamondbacks and neither is a, you know, an interesting team in the same way that say like the Padres would have been, or, uh, you know, other, other teams that aren't the the Yankees Red Sox Dodgers Cubs Mm -hmm. Um, or the Phillies from yeah, even the Phillies. Yeah. Um, And, and that, uh, you know, the ratings are a very clear consequence of major leagues baseball major league baseball's drift toward being a local sport. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Like if if you suggest otherwise it is a local sport that has some national appeal. Not a ton, not anywhere near what it used to be, but I I think the strength in local markets is baseball's hallmark, it, you know? Uh, thank goodness attendance was up significantly this year, mm-hmm. which was a good sign. Uh, i don't know by the end of the season if anyone who is concerned about the pitch clock looks at it any other way than it's a giant success mm-hmm. um i I just think you know things broke wrong for ratings, but i wouldn't suggest they broke wrong period because you know in in sports, all we want is hope right mm-hmm. and and what says hope better than two teams that lost more than a hundred games two years ago now vying for a championship. Like that's hope epitomized.
0: Yeah. Listen, there are, baseball's got the type of parody that other other sports would love to have. You know, I like, I, listen, I, I love, I, I love dynasties. I think it's cool to have a dynasty to cheer against, you know, as long as it's a dynasty, like the New York Yankees, you know, I mean a, a dynasty that, I'm not going to say is easy to hate, but a dynasty that if you really want to work yourself into, you know, great frothing anger about uh, a team like, you know, a a team like that. What I think was kind of interesting, reading reading the article on ESPN, and I think this is probably where baseball might make a change. A fellow named Bob Thompson, who's formerly president of Fox Sports and now is a consultant, said he thinks, well, one thing... For certain, as the longer a series Friday goes, night. the numbers are better. But Friday nights start. And that's something I thought of right away. Because you do know that Friday night is the lowest, the, the poorest viewed night of the week. I mean, it, it, it is at our house. Yep. Mm. It is at our house. I can tell you at our house, the TV's them on on Friday. And and I think maybe you may see that. But, you know, we had Jason Stark on yesterday. I would like, this won't happen, I would like to see the regular season season. Cut by about eight games, Ooh. and I'd like to see the first round I like to see best of five i the only thing I don't like is the best of three wild card i I don't like that, but then as someone said to me, hey during the regular season, what do you do? you play three game series, you play four game series, so you're actually keeping you're you're actually
2: staying truer to
0: what baseball is in the regular season by by playing a three game series so I can't argue that
2: yeah i uh, you know what? I could go either way uh, because, to me, the difference between three and five is sort of negligible. Um, one I, bullpen I game test- if you're Arizona. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it tests your rotation depth, yeah. right? Like, that, that's the thing. The, the easy solution here, seemingly, to the Friday night issue is you start on Monday. Um, uh-huh. You know, you go Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday. But the whole point of starting Friday is to avoid Sundays. Yes. Right? You don't want to go head-to-head with like the NFL. Just- yeah. Yeah, they understand the NFL is an unstoppable juggernaut, but uh, you know, you also—if you start on Monday, you're going up against Monday Night Football, which uh, is, uh, you know, not yes. not great itself. Like, there, if Major League Baseball is comparing itself to the NFL or trying to work around the NFL, that that's just a problem that has a really difficult solution, yeah. um, and and it's almost like. Baseball needs to be the counter program to that, mm-hmm. rather than um, you know, rather than thinking that it's going to compare itself because there is no comparison anymore. I mean, the high—I think the the last game did I see it had like eleven million and it peaked at thirteen million. I mean, the NFL doubles that on a weekly basis with regular season games. It's just uh, it is an unstoppable force in America. I, I would suggest that the NFL. Is the most beloved thing in the United States? Is, is there something like, no, something I'm not thinking of? Can't. I like mean, the I can't most beloved think institution in the United States
0: is the National Football League. Yeah, I, I, don't think there's any argument with that at all. Yeah, there's
1: some really smart people running baseball. Hopefully, they can figure out rest. I mean, they've, they've tried to figure out everything else. Hopefully, they can do that, and we'll, <laughs> we'll see the best teams in, in the in the best and biggest of, of all the games. I, I do want to ask a Blue Jays question, and and there are some, some players that are available that would be real interesting in a Jays uniform. And I just I, I want to ask you, any feeling about any of these players? May, I will throw Josh Hader in there because at the end of the season, I would ask some people, is Jordan Romano your closer? And I would get matchups in big, bold letters on text. They obviously think they need a ninth-inning guy. I'm going to throw his name in there. Probably not going to happen because you're looking somewhere probably around the Edwin Diaz money, and I'm thinking the Blue Jays won't yep. spend that on a closer. But I will ask somebody like J.D. Martinez, right? Professional hitter, hit in the middle Otani? of the order. No, not a chance. And J.D. Martinez, who's 36. Jorge Soler, who's 32. Uh, Hunter Renfro. You're looking at predictability, That'll Jeff. sell tickets. That. that predictability dudes that can get it down and get it singing those three guys can do that any chance
2: sure um are are we just skipping over otani
0: yeah barker i've told barker that they're going to bring otani into town and take him to a raptors game and do the whole thing
1: are the raptors any good yeah
0: well i'm just they're going to court him why wouldn't you (laughs) they will court him are the raptors any good they might (laughs) (laughs) face they might might facetime him
1: but (laughs) <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, we'll throw Otani in there too. Sure, why not? Any of those names? We, we,
2: I'm I'm not going to say uh, that the Jays by any means are favorites for Shohei Otani, but I would not dismiss them from the mix. And and here's why: um, the Jays have one country already. Wouldn't it be nice to have two? Yeah. And and I should have got three: Alberta, Quebec, and Canada. Three, technically. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice to have, um, you know, the international revenue streams pouring? And that's that's the thing about the investment in Shohei Otani. Every other player in baseball, when you are signing him to a free agent contract, you're doing so based on a calculation of. How much is he going to produce? And how much is he going to help my team on the field? With Otani, the calculus is different. Um, Mm -hmm. You you are, not only are you selling your franchise internationally to a baseball-mad country in Japan, but you also can suggest that it's a real investment in the future. And here's what I mean by that. Um, if Shohei Otani signs with the Toronto Blue Jays, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, with the Chicago Cubs, whoever, you know, whoever it may be, with the Texas Rangers, with the, you know, re signs with the Angels, goes to San Francisco, goes to New York, who knows where it is. Wherever it is, though, a generation of Japanese kids is going to grow up knowing that team just because Otani is on it. And when they come over, you know, these kids are going to grow up and one of them is going to turn into a star. And when they are considering where to play 15 years down the road, there might be an affinity for this particular team just because that's who Otani played for. Now, I understand you can't assign a whole lot of value to that, but it's also not negligible. And that's the thing about Otani. Beyond the pitching, beyond the hitting, uh, he, he brings those secondary and tertiary factors that other players simply don't. So when he's going to be asking for 50 billion, you know, 50 plus million dollars a year, there's a reason for that because he's actually worth it.
0: How soon do you think he will make a decision? And the other free sort of question, I'll kind of dovetail off that um, cause we're up against it a bit here. Uh, Juan Soto and the San Diego Padres, how, how concerned would you be about the Padres you know the story that the report that they they needed they basically took out a fifteen million fifty million dollar loan, uh, yeah. in part to, to cover payroll. Um,
2: how concerned uh, so would you me, be about that? let me let me hit all of the okay. Let me hit all of these and I'll try to be quick. Okay. Um, I think Solaire is probably the best fit. Right. Um, I think that Otani. I I don't know this. The industry believes it's going to be a winter meeting signing. Hmm. Um. They, they may be off on that, though. Um, and, oh, shoot, what was the last one? I thought I had it.
0: Oh, the Padres, and how, how big a deal oh, is that, is their, their bank loan?
2: Well, listen, teams, teams take loans often, right? Um, the, there are teams that are out of uh, compliance with the debt service rule all the time. That being said... When you have to go and take a loan uh, that's going to help cover payroll, generally speaking, that means you're probably going to be cutting payroll. Mm -hmm. And while they're losing Josh Hader in free agency and they're losing Blake Snell, presumably, in free agency as well, um, you know, they still may need to cut some more money. And Juan Soto is a really easy way to do it. They're not going to get the same level in Calberth prospects back that they gave up to get him. And it would be really frustrating to end this. You know, experiment after a year and a half, but uh, it, at some point, you know, the, the ownership is just going to put its foot down. Now, the argument A.J. Preller is making is we were a better team than our record indicated, and the likelihood that we're going to play another 162 games uh, if we are as good as we were last year and end up with the record that we did, uh, it's extremely unlikely. And so I, I think the argument to keep Juan Soto around is perfectly valid, reasonable, rational. Uh, I just don't know uh, for certain whether the Padres cuts are going to need to be so deep that they get down to, say, $200 million as opposed to 220 or 225
0: Jeff, really good of you to join us. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your contributions all season Absolutely. long. You know that very well. And uh, enjoy the offseason. Stay safe. Watch out for falling trees and we'll talk uh we'll talk next year.
2: You're the best, buddy. Well, I, I I always enjoy my time with you guys and for those who are listening, please understand you are very lucky that these two are on your radio every day because the quality of sports talk radio in many places is absolute garbage. Um but uh here in Toronto, uh on Blair and Barker. It's even worse.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Uh, I was about to go, Lance, cut him off, cut him off, cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> pass and be well. You're the best. Thanks,
2: All bud. All right, boys. Stay take care. Thanks for everything. <laughs> yeah,
0: pass and MLB insider with ESPN. Maybe I shouldn't have made the joke about the falling tree because dip break is back. That's yeah, a bad look. Uh Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. But um, so there you go. Yeah. So uh, see uh, – th- Pass and not as dismissive of both Shohei Ohtani coming here as I you I mean, everything, you that said, er, every,
1: everything that both of you have
0: said makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's see what Shai says. Uh, Let's see if Shai says it makes sense. All right. All right. Shai Davidi, Sportsnet's MLB insider, joins us next. We'll see if he is uh, prepared for Shohei Ohtani's imminent arrival in Toronto as uh, the Blue Jays attempt to court the biggest free agent to come down the pipe in some time. <laughs> Wish you're on TV so people could see your face. It's Blair and Barker. On Sports Boris 590 the fan.
2: Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the fan checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. You've changed. I have not changed. changed. <laughs> you have. I've been very consistent.
1: <laughs> you changed. I've been
0: remarkably consistent. Oh, you, you. Optimistic, that's for sure. Well, not optimistic. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's like uh, the 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 Raptors are going to decide Otani's <laughs> R- future. How, <laughs> <laughs> how
0: did how did I say that? <laughs>
1: you did. You did.
0: How did <laughs> I say that? Uh,
1: four seats. <laughs>
0: I just said that they're going to bring him into town uh, like they do with other free agents. They, uh, they did it with other free agents. Bring him into town. You take mm. him, you wine him and dine him. That's all. You show him around. Mm. You leak it out so that people realize you're doing it, even though you got no chance in hell of signing him. And at <laughs> least you can say to people, hey, look, we uh, tried, tried to sign Shohei. There Hitler. it is. Bringin we were Shai in da- the mix. It's <laughs> bringing Shai Daviti, MLB insider oh, with Sportsnet. So shy, listen, Barkers uh, completely dismissive of this of this this idea. The Jays the Jays really, are clearly they are they're going to at least make a call. You'll uh, be Shohei on TV o- in the next 2 weeks. It. They're going to make a call and show Hey Otani at least, aren't they? Yeah, for
3: sure. And it, it's kind of funny cuz I, I know uh, you guys are having a little bit of fun with this, but Absolutely. I, you know, I, I heard uh, you know, a couple weeks back that you know, Otani's at least uh, I mean, this is just sort of scuttlebutt, so you could take it for what it is, but that Otani's at least intrigued with the idea of potentially adding sort of a third country to his sort of fan base mix uh, and the. It, they, he's he's you know he's heard good things about the, the jays player development complex and the ability to train and uh, it's certainly something that he hasn't had uh to to that extent with uh with the angels since uh since he came over uh so i think there's at least some degree of interest in that this time around he's not going he's going to at least consider east coast teams where last time he basically limited to west coast clubs so is there is there a tiny window of opportunity there? Perhaps. Is it likely? I'd still say probably not. But the Blue Jays will do their diligence, obviously. It'd be irresponsible not to. Uh, how real it is, how serious it is, that's that's the tough part to say right now.
0: I'd give them $60 million a year over 10 <laughs> sure years. Sure
3: you would. Yeah.
0: That's just me. Here's
3: the truck of money. Just have it all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, well, before you go after Shohei Ohtani, though, don't you, you have to make sure, I would think, that everybody's on the same page. And I'm going to ask this, because we've got general managers meetings coming up next week, right? They start next
3: week. Um, unofficially, Monday's arrival day, officially right. start Tuesday.
0: Um, we heard from Ross Atkins. We heard from Mark Shapiro. Do we expect to hear from John Schneider at these meetings? Because I think, you know, let's Look, we've been focused on the World Series and everything, but I, I think I think people... We still need to put a, I don't even know if you'd call it a bow, we need to tie some of these loose ends together, I, I think, don't we? And and it, it seems to me that it's almost, we need to hear from John Schneider about where things stand right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the last I'd heard uh, is that there were sort of no plans to sort of make them available. And really, all the managers are at the winter meetings in December. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it won't, it won't go later than that. But it's funny. I just still think obviously amongst fans and I think within the organization too, I still think everyone's still dealing with us a little bit. Yeah. And it, there are a lot of, a lot, there was a lot beneath the surface last year in terms of discomfort with the way things were going. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of the decisions that that were being made and, how much influence from the front office was there. And I think all that really blew open with the uh, Barrios Kikuchi thing in game two. And, and, you know, that decision in a vacuum is not why they lost that game or lost that series. You know, you score one run in two games, it's not going to play, but some of the frustrations were reflected in that. And, uh, how much uh, I think they've spent obviously some time trying to resolve that in, in recent weeks, uh, how much progress they've made. I don't know. Uh, you know, the one, one thing that I expect maybe a little bit more clarity on is how the coaching staff may be constituted uh, to emerge in the next week. The, you know, Dave Hudgens, uh, is going to be reassigned. And as the hitting strategist, he was obviously part of the three headed team that was, in charge of the offense. And so at least there's going to be some degree of change. there. not sure uh, where, where everything else lies at this point. So some things are going to be different. Some more things have to change. And you're right, Jeff, I, there's still, this is still unresolved. And I, I don't know necessarily that you can resolve it. Right. Mm. It's just, you yep. just are left with a bad feeling from what happened last year.
1: Shy, do you think we make too much about the hitting coaches and not enough about maybe they just don't have enough talent, one through nine in their order?
3: I, I don't. I don't ever think you're blaming hitting coaches. I don't think that's fair, right? Because ultimately, guys in the box are responsible for what they're doing. But when something doesn't work and you didn't get the most out of the players that you have – Then you start thinking, well, what can we do to change things and can we adapt some things around that to try and better leverage what we have? And if you look at the Blue Jays lineup, how many guys really exceeded from an offensive perspective what you might have expected from them last year? Uh, you know, I think Kevin Bijou, after a very slow start, had a nice recovery and was maybe a bit more of a contributor than you might have banked on. Uh, Whit Merrifield had some stretches where he helped carry the team. Uh, but then you look at you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. not having the season that you would have expected of him and Dalton Varsho and Alejandro Kirk. You know, I think that you and then just put the collective performance of the group, you say, well, we've got to change something. So you're not going to change the entire group. So maybe you can change the pieces in and around that. So I, I don't think that we necessarily make too much of the, the hitting coaches, but I don't think it's fair for them to shoulder all the blame either. I just think when things don't work, you have to try to find a way to to make some changes and try something different. And in a, a very, Uh, meaningful and uh, ultimately counterproductive way, it didn't work last year.
1: Shy, do you think they're going to go out and get guys that they feel can do a little bit better job on the elevated fastball?
3: I think that's one thing. Look, I thought it was really interesting when at his season-ending news conference, you know, Ross Atkins said uh, that the league had adjusted to the Blue Jays and specifically the teams in the division had adjusted to the Blue Jays, and they tried to make adjustments back, but obviously didn't do a good enough job of that. And I think that's certainly one area that you could look at. And, you know, it, it, I'm not sure that you're necessarily isolating if just that one thing, but if you have a lot of hitters with similar vulnerabilities, and look, look, the elevated fastball works across baseball. That's why you're seeing so much of it. Uh, But you, you don't want to have a bunch of guys who kind of get out the same way because that makes it easier for opposing pitchers to kind of get in a rhythm and they don't have to change what they're doing. And there's a theory that at least that helps them roll. So, you know, I I think that that's certainly a a part of it, but ultimately they just need some guys who are going to produce right. Plain and simple. And, uh, that's that's the goal and how they get it done uh you know ideally yeah you're not susceptible to that pitch because so many pitchers are doing it right now uh but i think across baseball hitters are trying to find ways to counteract that
0: shy you uh put an article up on sportsnet.ca about the minor league system who realistically Again, we we need to see who the jays what they acquire in the off season but realistically, who in the minor leagues can you see contributing in some form next year, either right from the get go at opening day or during the season?
3: Well, with the number of openings that they have on the roster, I'd be surprised if at least one, if not maybe two, from the group of players that includes Davis Schneider and Spencer Horowitz and Nathan Lucas and Ernie Clement. If they're not on the pitching side, Bowdoin-Francis, Uh, maybe Hagen Danner that if at least uh, a couple of those guys aren't sort of in the mix and those are players that we saw last year from players that we haven't yet seen uh, Robles Martinez is right there Uh, Addison Barger is right there they just need to push through and uh, just continue to build on the progress that they made this past season Uh, and then the big one is Ricky Tiedemann and he's obviously got a chance to be a significant difference maker with the stuff that he has. I think the blue Jays were happy that he was able to get a little bit more work in at the Arizona fall league to uh, help make up for some of the downtime that he had with a, uh, with a couple injuries uh, this past season. But uh, I think that he's, if he's healthy and, and locked in, uh, he's going to be right there and putting a lot of pressure on people to add him to the roster. And then ultimately it's going to become an issue of how much workload can you put on him? Uh, because he's only in the neighborhood of 60 something innings this year, after 80 something innings the year before, you know, he hasn't cracked triple digits yet. How much work can you realistically put on him in the major league environment? But uh, I think those are sort of the, the likeliest groups where you're going to see some contributions. And then someone like uh, Alan Roden who finished this year in double A could potentially start next year, even as high as AAA, depending on how his off goes and how he looks in the spring. Uh, if that's an outfielder, left handed hitter, good approach at the plate. Someone, um, someone who's really got a chance to make an impact in the in the shorter term.
1: Yeah, Alec Munoz, too. Where you at? Right? That's a, that's a big unknown of just what are you going to get come spring training. I I, I wonder. It, do you think they will have to trade a big name? for them to get what they want. Say uh George Springer. I know he's got three years left. I think it's like a little over 67 million. I mean, he'd, they'd have to eat some of that, but any chance you think something like that could happen or will it just be, they're going to fill in the blanks with, you know, a Soler, a Martinez, something like that.
3: I mean, they could go either out. Look, I think the trade route is always on the table and, I don't, know, I don't know that I would say this definitively, but just the impression I have is that the Blue Jays are in a spot where they don't necessarily want to make subtract trades from their farm system right now, like uh, you know, with significant pieces, mm-hmm. right? They want to keep their top, their top guys uh, just because it, it, they have been thinned out over the, the past several seasons dealing from there. So, uh, you know, could you do a, a, a you know, major league piece for a major league piece type challenge trade? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's possible. Uh, I don't know that they're definitively looking going into it, but you know, the one thing that a trade does is it allows you to maybe move some money when you're taking some money back, as opposed to just adding money when you get to free agency. And, uh, you know, I think the Blue Jays, if they're going to be spending in and around the same level that they were at this year, and that's what you know Mark Shapiro seemed to indicate when he spoke. You know, I think they probably have somewhere between the 40 to 50 million dollar range to work with this off season uh give or take you know you can do some significant work with that but you know if you go one big piece then all of a sudden you know you don't have much else and you've got multiple holes to fill so uh, a, a trade could certainly help in that way uh but i don't at least the sense I've had so far is I don't think that they're sort of hell bent on on trading off the roster. Yeah.
0: Shy, listen, we really appreciate mm-hmm. your time today. We uh, appreciate your help, your time all season long. For sure. Um, travel safely to the GM's meetings and the winter meetings, and uh, we shall be in touch. And when Shohei Otani's in town, <laughs> I'll, I'll make certain that we have you on.
3: Uh, yeah, that wouldn't that be nice? Oh, <laughs> that, that'd be a good one. Take care. Uh, See you, Thanks, buddy. Guys.
0: All right, take care. Shai VD. MLB insider with Sports. No, I hope I'm wrong. Oh, I just, I'm having fun. It's a final show of the year. A guy can, a guy can dream, can't he? Like, I understand. I, mean, I understand list. there's a slow and steady process with this team. I get that. And I get Jorge Soler and Hunter Renfro, you know, make the lineup that I get all that. But I want to be excited. I, I want to be excited. I, I don't want any... I don't want to go through the the Brandon Belt slash Boy, Dalton yeah, Varsha no cleanup hit area. So you should be excited about that. I want to be excited. Is, this, is there anything wrong with that? We'll sell some sizzle. I want to be excited. You are full of sizzle. <laughs> Folks show. <laughs> I mean, I ju- I'm just saying bring them in town, have them courtside seats, yeah, right make sure. sure everybody knows yeah, you're courting oh, No, him. No question. I mean, it's optics. Absolutely. I liked you better before what? you were cynical. <laughs> I liked you better when better when you oh, were the, uh, the, the uh, roles have reversed. Yeah, they have. On the show. I just, I, you know, I don't like your cynicism matching my cynicism. It, yeah. makes, it, it makes it awfully hard for me. I sh- two things I should never be. I should never be the youngest person in the room. I yeah. should never be the most optimistic person yeah, yeah. in the room. Remember that? Facts. Uh, hey, that's it uh, for us for 2023. A uh, bunch of people I got to thank. Uh, of course, Greg Sansoni, Dan Toman, Ryan Fabro. Our bosses who give us the freedom to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Mark Baffo, our producer extraordinaire. Puts up with you. Puts up, wow. <laughs> he puts up with me. Man. Lance, Andrew, David, Jen, everybody involved in putting a team. this show on. It does take a team yeah. to get this. And thanks for you, the fans, for listening. Exactly. You're the best fans in the world. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, follow me on social media, SN Jeff Blair. I'll let you know when our podcasts are up. And, uh. Like I said, Shohei Otani's in town. Uh, you can pretty much put it in the put it in the take it to the bank. That we'll be on the air talking about it. Have yourself a have a great day. Have a great rest of the year, and uh, we'll be in touch.